This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey, Nick Loper here from the Side Hustle Show. When I'm not helping people earn money outside of their day job, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement in Texarkana, Texas, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm all about clean living. So today in the basement, we're talking to the author of the hot new business book all about changing your life. Change starts with you, Courtney McDermott. Plus, in our headline segment, Want to Make Money Fast? One guy turned half a million into two million bucks. We'll share how. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline, answer your mail, and still leave time for the only reason you're really here, my trivia. Now, here are two guys who could really use some clean eating, if you know what I mean. Joe and O-J-J-J-J-J-J. I'm all about clean eating, especially when it comes to burgers and fries. Steak is clean eating, right? And a gallon of wine. I mean, that's fresh from a cow and fresh for some grapes. It's clean our plate eating, huh? Yes. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Stacky Benjamin Show. I am Joe Salci. Hi, Average Show Money on Twitter. And across this little card table from me, the light's a little dim today. I don't know what that's all about. Kind of how I feel. My voice feels a little dim today, too. Yeah, there you go. It's like your intellect. No, man. (laughs) Sitting right here. Well, I won't say I'm all that smart, OG. I am smart enough to know that when it comes to earning passive income, we should take a second to talk about investing in rental properties through Roofstock, an online marketplace for buying and selling tenant-occupied homes. Whether you're in California or New York, Roofstock makes it efficient and hassle-free to diversify your portfolio and invest from anywhere in high-yield markets like Atlanta or Memphis. 
They lay all the property records and financials at your fingertips and even connect you with vetted local property managers for hassle-free ownership. Every property is thoroughly vetted by the Roofstock certification team, so you know it's in good condition with a reliable tenant in place. Best of all, Roofstock certified properties are backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Does this podcast have a 30-day money-back guarantee, OG? Sure does. We have 60 days. Give it back to us with a 90-day guarantee. I don't know any other place that gives you a 30-day money-back guarantee, especially when it comes to Roofstock. StackingBenjamins.com forward slash Roofstock to learn more about rental home investing and browse exclusive listings today. That's StackingBenjamins.com forward slash Roofstock. And when you're looking for how to buy real estate or how to do anything, you know what you got to do? You got to use a lot of different financial products and the number one place to go to comparison shop when it comes to all of your financial products it's Magnify Money because Magnify Money has more financial products than any other place on the interwebs. Isn't that what the kids call it these days, the interwebs? Yes. Yes. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. You go there for a better savings account, a better checking account, better credit cards, better student loan rates, better auto loan rates if you need to subsidize the cost of your ride, whatever it might be. You know, we were talking with Nick from Magnified Money about that, OG. You know, you don't want to take out an auto loan, but if you have to, and if you're going into a car dealership, here's what you do. Go to Magnify Money first using our link, stackybenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money, and get a loan there first. Get pre-proof for a loan there. And what you'll find is, is that when you walk into the dealership and say, well, I have a loan, don't tell them what the rate is on the loan. Just tell them you have a loan from the outside and for them to give you your best deal. Nick at Magnify Money told me that you will get a much, much better deal. Better to pay cash for cars, but man, if you've got to have a loan, get pre-approved first and, and comparison shop. Well, and auto dealers make the vast majority of their money on the financing arm of it. So... They're obviously there to maximize their profit. And if they know that they've got to compete, they're probably going to give you the best deal that they can come up with. So not just for auto loans, but also checking accounts, savings accounts, and better credit cards, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Great show today. Courtney McDermott. Look at how cool this book is. Change starts within you. Cool book. Looks like an easy read. And it's uh, laid out very, very simply. But, but it's one of those like real in-depth ones oh, that like you spend like an hour on one sentence. It's so packs a punch. I absolutely loved okay. reading. I'm so glad Courtney's coming down to the basement. So Courtney McDermott coming up, but first we got some headlines, so let's move. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our stacking Benjamin's headlines. First headline comes to us from Business Insider. I love headlines like this. this is written is by this the beer one? Josioli. No, this is the this is the target manager one who becomes really rich. And you read this story and you're like, I should do that too. Okay. Which, which I, I haven't heard this one. May or may not be a mistake. The headline says a former manager at Target became a millionaire using one of Wall Street's favorite trades. Wall Street's favorite should be great. <laughs> Sign me up. It says you don't have to be a professional investor to make a killing in the volatility market. You don't have to. You could be a non-pro and have that happen, so I should probably do it. Just ask Seth M. Golden, who previously worked as a logistics manager at a Target store. The 40-year-old, who lives in a suburb of Ocala, Florida, says he's grown his net worth from $500,000 to $12 million in five years, and it's real easy. You know what he did? Bet it all in black. 
He shorted the CBOE volatility index, otherwise known ah, as the VIX. There you go. That's real easy to do. According to a report from Deal Books, Landon Thomas Jr. It's a trade that's worked extremely well this year. The VIX has fallen 19% as investors have looked unperturbed by middling economic data and escalating geopolitical tension. The so-called stock market fear gauge even went as far as to hit a record low on July 21st. So is now the time to bet the other way? Is that what, what you're saying? Why do stories like this get written? Like, like why do they get written? It's Clickbait. What, Clickbait. One of Wall Street's favorite trades. You don't have to be a pro. Maybe you should do it too. I mean, it, it all but tells you maybe you should do this trade. Yeah. That's the dumbest. Yeah, good, good luck shorting the VIX successfully. It's the dumbest trade ever right now. It is the dumbest trade. Well, maybe not the dumbest trade, but it certainly seems dumb to me. We've had a market that's gone up and up and up for how many years in a row? And we want a short volatility. Do we think there's going to be more volatility or less in the next six to 12 months? I don't, I don't have I don't any idea. I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. But if we're playing reversion to the mean, right? If we're playing the reversion to the mean game where everything's got to go back to the center, we certainly are at low, low, low volatility. Oh. Yeah, it seems like you might go the other way. Please do not. Do not trade based on a Business Insider article about how somebody got rich making a trade lately, especially a trade like this. I need to get rich trading penny marijuana stocks. I understand that that's where the real money's at these days. That's what Wall Street really likes. That's penny <laughs> marijuana stocks. Yeah. That and Fritos. <laughs> not Frito stocks, just Funyuns. Fritos. Yeah, just, just Fritos or Funyuns. Uh, let's talk about shorting stocks because there's a segment of our audience that doesn't even know what that is. What does it mean to short a stock? Yeah. So basically shorting a stock is when you think that the price of a stock is going to go down over the next period of time and you want to profit from it going down, which sounds a little odd that you want to make money at someone else's expense, but there's a mechanism to do that. You have to have a little bit more than just kind of a regular old brokerage account. You have to have a margin account to do that. And you're brokerage platform has to allow you to do it. You have to get approved for it. And uh, But here's the problem. <laughs> if you're wrong, you have unlimited risk because a stock can go up forever, right? I mean, in theory. You could lose more money than you put on that stock. You could lose everything in the entire world, in theory. <laughs> you could, you know, eventually the brokerage company shuts you down and closes your account. But let's say that you have a stock that's at $20 a share and you think it's going to go down to 15. So you short it. So you want to make them, you'll make money if it goes from 20 to 15, but instead it goes from 20 to 25. Yeah. No, no bueno. Ugly, ugly stuff. Yeah. And then it goes to 30 and then it goes to 40 and then it goes to 60. And meanwhile, you're still hoping that it goes to 15. Yeah. So shorting a stock, shorting a stock and making it sound like it's an easy play. But this uh, isn't even shorting a stock. That would be a lot easier than this, which is shorting a volatility index. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Our next don't. next headline comes to us from the blog Cash Lab. Uh, I wanted to talk about this one because obviously with all the problems in Houston a couple weeks ago, OG, and obviously we've had other things that we've been talking about, but uh, this is an important headline. It says, seven must-have insurance coverages everyone should purchase. These seven health insurance, car insurance, homeowners, renters insurance, life insurance, identity theft insurance, disability insurance, long-term care insurance. And uh, at Cash Lab, they go over the blogger at Cash Lab, talks about 
why you should own all of those insurances. I don't, I don't like starting from here. I, I, uh, well, yeah. And I disagree with two of them right out the gate, but wh- which two do you disagree with? Uh, I disagree with, uh, identity theft insurance. I think that's a gimmick partially because most places now just give it to you for free. Credit union has some sort of protection. Usually your liabilities limited on exposure on credit cards. And I get that it's a pain to unravel, but if you protect yourself by just freezing your credit report, then you don't ever have to worry about monitoring your credit reports frozen. So, and, and then the second one, uh, long-term care. I agree with having long-term care insurance, but in the context of retirement plan, not, you know, not early. Yeah. He's, uh, this, this, uh, blogger talks about looking at buying it when they approach age 55. Yeah. I might even go a little longer. There's a lot of trouble brewing in long-term care markets right now anyway. So that's uh, that's a whole nother shoe to drop. So why is flood insurance not included on there? Right. Or the insurance du jour for the problem where you live, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, 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 yeah. what do they call that? Um, what's the stuff when the ground goes? Uh, earthquake. Might, might be it. an earthquake, right? Earthquake. <laughs> may, or, may or may not be. <laughs> no coffee. Either early that, morning, make OG brain go. Bleh. Well, they call they call that uh, the Earth uh, is having a square dance yeah. day. I don't know. So it, here's but, your humor for the day, folks. But I just don't like starting from here. I like starting from what's the biggest problem that I have or that I can see coming, right? And then protect against those things. And insurance might be a part of it. But if I start with insurance, now I'm just looking to buy an insurance policy. So it, insurance is a way to cover a risk. I want to cover the risk first, and then I want to talk about if I can't cover the risk, how do I get the risk covered in the most cost-effective manner possible? That's really what I want to do. So frustrated. Yeah, I mean, take, take car insurance, for example, right? You know, do you fully cover your 1999 Oldsmobile whatever, you know, that's got <laughs> yes. 80,000 miles on Hello, it? Hello, yes. <laughs> you know, no, you, you got the, you know, why? Because... The cost of coverage and the benefit you can offset just with pretty much having a savings account at that point. You know what I mean? Like you obviously want to have the liability coverage in case you do something stupid. You want the medical coverage and so on and so forth. But you don't need the real big replacement cost coverage. Yeah. And to your point, you got to take those things kind of piecemeal and say, well, you know, what am I what am I trying to protect against? What's a unfortunate but likely outcome here? And how would I cover that if I weren't able to do that, right? If you have a small cottage in the middle of the mountain somewhere, does it make sense to pay thousands of dollars for flood insurance when you're nowhere near anything that possibly could flood? And it's only the cottage is worth 30 grand. You know, if it floods somehow, I guess I'll just get a new cottage somewhere maybe. I don't know. And life insurance, if if you're not approaching any of the milestones death. that, that yeah. if death is nowhere on the horizon, <laughs> if you know you're not going to die, why would you have life insurance? I would I mean, do same thing with health insurance. Get if it you're the, not fixing to get hurt. Get it the day yeah. before. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Duh. But yeah, with life insurance, you know, if you're a single 24 year old, what the hell do you need life insurance for? Which one on here is the most important for the most people? Whew, that's a good question. Um, I've got my favorite. I mean, health insurance is I, obviously. I mean, health insurance, they're, they're all important, I guess, at different stages. I, I'd say the one that covers the gamut from kind of early career to end of career is probably disability insurance. That was mine, too. You know, you've got a golden goose in the basement that's laying, laying eggs. How big a fence do you want to build around it? And that's right? the one everybody wants to minimize. 
Sure. Yeah, because it sucks because it's expensive. And it's not going to happen to you. Why would it be expensive? Wait. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Because insurance is priced on probability and magnitude. So if it happens and what's the impact if it does, that's why it costs a lot. There it is. So I think our lessons here are, number one, don't start with insurance. Start with what's the risk and then work backwards. And insurance will fill in and you'll end up making the right insurance decision. And then number two, going to short the VIX. Maybe rethink you that strategy. Start, that's, it's like that joke. How do you get a million dollars in your 401k? Shorten the VIX. Start with two million. <laughs> right. Courtney McDermott, upstairs talking to mom. Man, I just, I'm, I'm so excited about this. You know, what's funny is there's a lot of people who are going to think, what does Courtney McDermott have to do with investing and with saving and that is that most people are saving for and are looking at their goals that really aren't their goals their goals that people think that they should have right i mean how how often do you start with with uh, people and they're like well i want to retire and i want to put my kids through college and i want it, it's just everybody knows the goals that they should have courtney mcdermott talks about you know what not having this vision for the future but having a vision right now of where you really should be and that then drives all of your money decisions. And she doesn't talk much about money. She talks about making change in your life. Change Starts Within You is the name of her book. And Courtney McDermott, for the three people that don't know who she is, she's an award-winning writer, speaker, and strategist of Fortune 500 executives, entrepreneurial leaders, and think tanks around the world. Graduated the London School of Economics and a certified cultural mediator in multiple languages. Courtney also writes for a number of international publications, including She Owns It, the Huffington Post. She lives with her family in the United States and, and in Italy. Let's say hello to Courtney McDermott coming down to the basement. And Courtney McDermott joins us in the basement. Have a seat. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm better now that you're here because we're going to get changed, which is so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Let, yeah. Change starts within you. I love these chairs. <laughs> yeah. Change definitely doesn't start with the chairs. We, <laughs> maybe change should start with the chairs, but we're not going to start there. You know, you say that uh, sometimes rock bottom can look a lot like being at the top to everyone else. And I, and I love this story directly from your life, Courtney. Tell me where you were and kind of paint me a picture of being at the top, but also being at rock bottom. Mm. Yeah, I love starting there because I think a lot of people have some form of this idea in their minds of just as soon as I, as soon as I reach this kind of success, then everything will be great. For me in my own life, I talk about a moment where I'm sitting on a corporate jet and I'm sipping the espresso and I've got newspapers from all over the world neatly stacked beside me and I'm on my way to these meetings in Brussels. Everything should be really fantastic. And I talk about this essential piece of my life being broken. And I'm referring to my BlackBerry because my daughter had blocked it right before that trip. It was great. It was kind of a, a cold shower moment because I was disconnected from that world, right, that lives in our devices. And so I had this moment to really reflect on whose script was this, you know, whose dream was it? And I think I had gotten glimpses of this for sure before then, but it just really hit me hard in that moment that those weren't my dreams. And it wasn't really, I didn't really know what my values were, what my own vision was for myself. And so, like I said, a real cold shower moment for so, me. I mean, even though it was a sudden realization, it sounds like 
the realization was for the first time, you kind of listen to your heart or listen to your gut. Yes. I often refer to it as a cold and lonely hallelujah, you know, the right. whole journey to sort of get me where I am today. Because I think people think in terms a lot of times of overnight success. And I mean, also in terms of, you know, oh, someone just decides to shift their life completely. And, ne- and the next thing you know, they're living, they're living that way. And I know in my own life and my own business, it hasn't really been that way, but it has been, it has been kind of miraculous, but it hasn't been sort of, yeah, just instant. Okay. I've got this. I figured it out. Yeah. It was a journey for sure. How surprising is this revelation for people when they hear your story? Because it seems to me that everybody thinks you reach the mountaintop and life is just beautiful there. Yeah, I think it is for a lot of people. And I, this is why, like I said, I like to start with this because I've definitely worked my way up in corporate. I've worked my way up in, in different ways in my life. But I think a lot of people think, oh, it's, it's about that. You know, it's, it's the hero's journey of, you know, the struggle and everything you have to face. And then once you get to that mountaintop, like you said, everything is daisies and cappuccinos, but it's, (laughs) it's, it's not, you know, it's at least it wasn't for me. And I find increasingly more so with the entrepreneurs and the intrapreneurs I work with, I find this to be increasingly the case of, oh, I'm here. I got the promotion. I got the house, the car, the kids, the dog, whatever it is, whatever that looks like for you. Only I am, I I just feel unfulfilled and I feel like I'm chasing all the time and I'm not even really entirely sure why. So I think it's for a lot of people, I think it's resonant because I just, again, I think we're just living a lot of the time in this dimension of distraction. And so, or what the Italians have a beautiful saying, they call it uh, the the embarrassment of choice, right? So it's like everywhere we look, we have this embarrassment of choice and, and all these things you could be doing, you should be doing and everybody else who has your answers and yeah, just taking a time out for a second and finding what yours are is I think becoming more and more important to people. So when you decide to make the change, then there has to be, I I guess, some techniques. What techniques did you change in your life to start listening to your, yourself more? Mm. Well, there were quite a few things, but one of the things I, I often say is just stop, drop and breathe. I think taking a time out from just all the noise and even the noise that you, you yourself have created to kind of, I say like, tuning out to tune in, right? Because lots of times we're just, we're tuned into everybody else's, everybody else's advice, everybody else's one, two, threes, but really only you have the answers you're seeking. So taking that time out and just dropping everything and breathing, right? I mean, deep breathing is the fastest and coolest reset button that we have. So I think if you do nothing else, just stop, drop and breathe is pretty phenomenal. I know in my own life, I really, I really wanted to get clear on what my personal vision and what my values were. And I think it's funny because I thought I knew what those were, but when I started tuning in a little bit more, I realized, you know, one, we use vision and I use vision in a very different way than most people. Cause I'm not talking about some, you know, future five year goal. I'm talking about your potential as it exists in this moment, right? Which is the way that the term was originally, I mean, that's the original meaning of the word vision. So in that potential is infinite, right? But in order for you to see it, you do have to take that time out. So one of the things that was really important to me, like I said, is just getting clear on my vision and then also getting clear on my values, you know, what was most important to me, not what I thought they should be. 
Uh, and coming from a corporate background, I think this was, for me at the beginning, I was sort of confused by this because when I started, I took this sort of backdoor approach to understanding what my own values were. I didn't even really realize when I was doing what I was doing that that was what I was getting to. But when I found out, right, because when you're in corporate, you've you've got these 20 page assessments, right, to determine your personality type, what your values are, all this stuff. But I, I think that those types of assessments tend to be a little bit skewed just because you know, I, I don't know, at least in my case, I didn't really know, you know who I was doing this for, what was the end result, the kinds of questions. I don't know if I was painting a different picture of myself, if I was really truly straightforward and forthright in answering a lot of that. So like I said, when I took this sort of backdoor approach, which is also in my book of, you know, coming to my values, it was just kind of like, wow, okay, I get it. Now, if I can just find a way, which then I did subsequently to live by these values and maybe not somebody else's, then, then, then I'll be on the right track. And yeah. It's funny. So. It's funny when I was a financial planner, getting people to decide on what they want, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of the time it was what somebody else wants, like this Puritan ethic thing, right? Where, where there's the things that everybody thinks I'm supposed to want. So I want those things. But when you really dug in, which I'm sure Courtney is what you see, people want these different things. So I'll give you an example. And this isn't actually from being a financial planner. I was on my way to the state uh, high school track meet with my coach. Only a couple of us qualified for state. And I'm in the car with him. I don't know. We were having this really frank discussion. I remember him telling my teammate and I that he really had wanted to be a singer. And the thing that he regretted most in his life was that he'd never done it. Mm. And, And for him, his reality of what he was living versus what he really wanted to do were two totally different things. And I saw that all the time with people when I was financial planning. And when you talk about about breathing, it's it's funny because that makes me think of relaxed. And yet for a lot of people, when it comes to living the vision of what their gut tells them they really want to be, all of a sudden there's all this fear, there's all this noise, right? It brings up this huge well of things that are that are negatives. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And I had that myself. And so one of the things I constantly remind people of is, you know, Warren Buffett, I think it was, who said, don't test the water with both feet. Right. Right. Just, right, you know, right. dip your toes in, you know, you don't have to leap and hope the net will appear. It's it, you can do, you know, baby steps. Even in my book, I talk about that, you know, that Bill Murray movie. What about Bob? Right. <laughs> like Baby steps to the elevator, <laughs> baby steps onto the elevator, you know, and you know better than anyone, the miracle of what, what Einstein called the, the eighth wonder of the universe, right? The miracle of, of compound interest. And when you apply that to the different areas of your life and you start just putting that penny in every day in those areas that are really important to you, you will see phenomenal growth after a period of time. But it's just a question of understanding, okay, what, what penny do I want to put in or, you know, what, what do, what does that look like? And, and, and how can I systematically put that in every day or almost every day? What about when change means changing relationships, when you know in your heart that the people I've surrounded myself with aren't the right people to get where I need to go? Mm, That's such a good question. I've addressed it a little bit in the book, but I think the most important thing is really, again, it comes back to really tuning in to, to yourself and what's most important to you. And what I mean by that is lots of times we think, okay, you just, um, you know, you get rid of all your friends friends, you get rid of all the people around you and you just start over. That's not entirely realistic, especially if you have maybe family members who seem to be dragging you down. What I have found though, is that when you really do change, 
the people and the circumstances around you change as well. So it's always a question of starting with yourself. And that's really, really simple, but it's not always easy. Especially in our society, we tend to want to kind of push everything off on someone else. Like, you know, oh, my life is like that because I'm surrounded by people who are, right? And we can, you know, and there are multiple studies on this. I'm sure you're familiar with them. I'm sure your audience is familiar with them of like, you know, you're the you're the sum total of the people you hang out with or you're, you're, what you're earning financially is tends to be, right, the same as, as the people you surround yourself with, et cetera, et cetera. But again, if you raise yourself up, in terms of, you know, you raise yourself up, however you want to think about that vibrationally or however else, then it, it does happen that that the surroundings, your the people, they they also change. They sort of see it. And I see it all the time. I get people, even in my own life, who'll say, you know, what are you doing? Or what are you doing differently? And they'll want to know and they'll be probing, right? They'll ask you those questions and then they'll start doing things a little differently. And I've seen I've seen dramatic changes uh, from a lot of the people around me, but even even just bringing in new people and new new contacts, new friends, new new business associates, et cetera, just because I'm a different person. So, yeah, yeah. it's funny. In your book, you you have some big. Well, it starts off with obviously the huge ideas that we're talking about now that I really wanted to talk to you about, but also then into many exercises and techniques to get some clarity around what you want and to and to work toward it. I want to talk about one of those, which is this idea of taking your picture, because I thought that was really cool. And I think it's going to make people a little uncomfortable, but I think it's a good kind of uncomfortable, right? It's it's really getting um, getting focused. Yeah, I love that one, Joe. And I'm so glad you asked about it, because it's one of my it's one of my favorite ones. And it really just came to me one morning while I was doing my writing and I, and I just had this idea of taking your life pictures. Right. And I almost like, I like to do this with a Polaroid because some of these you might not want on your phone, you might not want in the cloud, um, but there it's a really great way of just quickly assessing where you are. And so why this is important is right. If, if I'm, as you know, I'm in Chicago right now, but say I want to get to Chicago and I don't know, I have to know right where I'm starting from, right? Because if I'm in New York or I'm in LA, it's going to make a difference, right? So we need to have a clear picture of where we're starting from. And again, I think this is something we tend to overcomplicate. So I've seen in a lot of self-development or, you know, personal and professional development work where this piece is really overcomplicated. So you take this inventory, right, of where you are and it's just, you feel more confused than when you started half the time. So the life picture is the idea is you take an actual physical picture. You could do it on your phone and print it out if you wanted, but you take a, a picture in the different areas of your life. So whether that's your finances or your love life or your body. So like if it were your body, right, you just, you get naked and you take a picture, which again, is why you might may or may right. not want that on your phone. Right. Um, so you take this picture and then you just write a small caption to just say where you feel you are right now. You know, if you want, you could add a rating to that one to 10, you know, there are multiple ways to do this, but it's just a really simple way for you to go back and be able to also see your progress as you're moving forward and as you're putting that penny in every day. Well, let's uh, let's bring it home, Courtney, because you did this with your money and you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I did. And I was a mess. I mean, I wasn't a mess in the sense that, you know, I was in debt or any, I mean, at one point I remember we we yeah, we did borrow from a friend um, when I was first starting out in my business and my husband and I just were scraping to get by and get 
pizza into, you know, what, well, in Italy, everyone has their own pizza. So <laughs> one pizza in two is kind of just obscene. But anyway, so we were sort of scraping by and we did borrow money from a friend at that time. And I knew for me personally, I was just, I was so afraid of finances. And I think, especially as a woman, and I may or may not be correct about this, but I feel like lots of times in some of the things I've read about this is just like, you know, when we're growing up and things we're not necessarily told, like, this is something that you're great at. And I, I personally wasn't, I was told I was great at a lot of other things maybe, but I wasn't that great with numbers and math and all of that. So my brain would literally shut off anytime there'd be talk about finances. And I remember, you know, as I started to get into other circles and people who really, you know, knew something about this, I would just kind of be nodding my head. I remember reading a book by Nicole Lapin. I don't know, Lapin. I'm not sure how you pronounce her. Oh, yeah. 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 Lapin. Lapin. And uh, I remember her saying the the same thing that, you know, she would just nod her head pretending to understand these conversations. And I was like, woohoo, I'm not the only one who was, you know, kind of in this with this um, imposter syndrome type of thing going on. So I was in that position and I just, I took a picture, quote unquote, like I just wrote out a caption about where I thought I was and I thought, okay, well, how can I improve this? And, And what I started to do was I really just started to do a lot of research. I started to mostly books, some great audio. If I had known you were around at that time, I'm definitely going to be listening to more of your stuff. That's what Um, I was looking for right there. I was looking for that. Stop, stop. No, please keep going. Right. (laughs) And so I was doing all those things to just start to understand, start to just demystify everything around money. Cause I know, you know, since then I've understood that like a lot of it is purposefully designed that way to kind of keep the majority out, which is unfortunate. Um, so I was just trying to boil it down and, and step by step, day by day, I started to gain more confidence and understand, you know, what are these things? What should I do with my money? And as I was earning more and more working with different you know, corporations and individuals, starting to really realize, OK, wait, now, how, you know, what do I do with this? What's the way to way forward? Because I wasn't taught anything about that growing up. So my financial picture, life picture looks a lot different today than it did a few years back, you know, five, six years back when I started, when I took that picture, that first picture. It's so cool taking that picture because the equation that you wrote out that your picture is one that I've liked for a long time. So it was funny that that it just is so very, at a gut level, it's it's money plus minus, uh, it looks like return equals what? Like, like what the hell am I trying to get? And it seems like, you know, you started from there and, and then uh, what do all these, these symbols represent? It's It's so cool. I have to ask you specifically about the design of the book, because I look at a ton of books every week and yours is so damn different. It looks a lot like uh, fans of the show for a long time. know I love Austin Kleon, Steal Like an Artist. And your book, I have them both in my hand and they are just the two coolest books ever. So what made you decide to format it? Because it's such an easy, it's an easy breezy looking read. And obviously then you get into it and it's, and it's not easy breezy. It really uh, helps you focus and get clear, which I think I find myself on a page that doesn't have a lot written on it for an hour at a time. What made you decide to make it look like this? Thank you first and foremost so much. I just got goosebumps when you said, you know, sitting on the page for an hour at a time because that's that's beautiful. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate that. So the design was really, it, it was multiple things, really. I spent a lot of time on the font. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really wanted to get that to be something that it was as close as possible to my handwriting. I didn't want to do like a font that was my actual handwriting, but I wanted to get it, you know, as close as possible. So lots of love labor there. 
And then, you know, I wanted there to be these inspiration. I'm huge on quotes and uh, the wisdom of many of those who've come before us. So I really wanted there to be kind of like these block out quote sections. And I wanted the exercises to, to come up in a certain way. And I worked with a really great team at Girl Friday Productions, actually, to just put it together, you know, to bring my vision to life, really. And so we just went through multiple rounds of, and that turquoise was like, we ended up calling that circle that was like the Tiffany, we called it something like (laughs) Tiffany, I was saying, I was telling them, I'm like, we're not quite there. It's like this Tiffany C blue is what I was looking for. Um, and so it was just it was all these details, right? And as, as Oprah has put it, love is in the details. But I've also heard uh, dividends are in the details, and I love that one too. So there's just a lot of a lot of attention to detail. A lot of love went into deciding, you know, what it was going to look like. Multiple, multiple versions of that, and yeah, I'm really glad you like it. The book is called Change Starts Within You, and Inc. Magazine called it one of the essential books you need to read in 2017 for your career. And man, what a great time. Available everywhere, Courtney? Yeah, pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. Thank you so much, Joe. It was great being here. Have an awesome day. Hey there, Stacking Benjamins friends. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm here just in time with your trivia. Just in time because I know you were falling asleep listening to those two dorks, but... First, didn't Courtney McDermott get you thinking? I don't know about you, but I'm going to make some big changes in my life. And life, of course, starts with food. I'm going on a protein diet. You know how much I love steak, so we're going to dive in for more. Here's a question. My favorite place, the Sizzler, is all about good steak. But what restaurant sells more T-bone steaks than anywhere else in the world? The answer, after this. Hey, stackers, we get used to those same daily routines, don't we? Wake up at the same time every morning, brush our teeth, park the car in the same spot at work every day, recite jokes in the mirror to be funnier than that jerk of the water cooler. Or is that what just me? Here's one thing you shouldn't make routine, using the same credit card from the same bank just because that's what you've always done. Nick Clements from Magnify Money explains why. I mean, it's never been a better time, honestly, to find a, a credit card, especially given the lucrative sign-on bonuses that are out there. Uh, Chase just recently had 100000 on, on their reserve card. I, I think we're at a point right now where credit cards are, are extremely profitable for large banks, um, and they are really wanting to get more customers, and so they're, they're rolling out the red carpet. So I would just say if, you're, you, if you have had a credit card for more than two or three years, chances are there's a much better deal out there for you today. So why stick with that same old card with those rewards that haven't changed in years? You can use MagnifyMoney.com to always find best in class, including better interest rates. And don't only use Magnify Money for credit cards. Nick and the team have built the site from the ground up to help with personal loans, student loans, and mortgages. Average person saves $450 in interest when they hit stackybenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. Here's a question. What's keeping you away from investing in real estate? Over my career, I repeatedly hear that time, you know, the time it takes to find renters, property managers, and to fix problems and stress. What if you don't find a good property manager? What if you don't find a renter? Those are two of the biggest factors keeping people away from investing in real estate. We talked to Gary Beasley, CEO of Roofstock, about how the team at Roofstock are helping you take back a good night's sleep. 
The biggest pain point I have found is management. When you buy properties, you don't want to get calls about the tenant having a clogged toilet in the middle of the night. We solve that by finding third-party managers in each market who handle all the details for you. How's that for an advantage? Roofstock's online marketplace makes it easier than ever to buy, sell, and own tenant-occupied investment properties in top rental markets across the country. You own the house, but Roofstock handles as much or as little of the headache-inducing issues that you've come to expect with renting, but that doesn't have to happen if you partner with the right team. Best of all, Roofstock's certified properties are backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Check them out at stackybedjamins.com forward slash Roofstock. That's stackybedjamins.com forward slash Roofstock. Welcome back, money fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, back with your mouth-watering answer. The question was, which restaurant chain sells the most T-bone steaks in the world? I was going to apologize to the vegetarians in the audience, but then I realized this answer helps you, too. The answer? Unfortunately, not the sizzler, but here's one you won't believe. Waffle House. Surprise? I'll admit, it surprised me too, but this story works out great because there's only one thing I love more than eating more protein, and that's the Waffle House. Meet you there. See ya. Big thanks again to Courtney McDermott coming down to the basement. She's right on, man. In your gut, you know what you really want. And listening to that is so important. And look at the number of people that go through their whole life not liking their job, not liking their life, not liking what they're doing. And you're so afraid to change that, uh, that, that, that it becomes impossible. And how hard, is it to, how hard is it to manage your money effectively when you're really not going after the goal that you really want? Well, then you really don't care and you have poor implementation, right? Right. No, that's exactly right. The second that you really want it, Oh my goodness, everything starts to line up because your unconscious mm-hmm. brain working just amazing. Love, love, uh, love this stuff. Change starts within you. Hey, let's uh, throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's, or rather, life insurance's most important questions. Speaking of insurances, our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they've been spearheading innovation within the life insurance industry by focusing on those two things, OG, that you value most, which are family and time. Oh, but why did you get it right? What are you doing? I got it right this time. What are you doing? It's why they created a high quality and most importantly, affordable term life insurance policy issued by Mass Mutual that you can purchase entirely, entirely online. No need to wait several weeks for a decision when you can get one, bam, right now with Haven Life. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free quote and to learn about life insurance the modern way. Stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life. That policy, by the way, now just over a year old, it was September of last year that they announced their first of its kind InstaTerm. So happy birthday to InstaTerm and Haven Life. Today, we're throwing out the Haven Lifeline to our friend, Dominic. Say hello, Dominic. Hey, Joe and OG, got a question for you. My grandfather recently passed away and he left his house to my brother and I. My brother wants to keep the house and live in it, so I'm curious how it might work. Would he get a mortgage and pay me off, basically, for my half, or I'm just not sure how that would work or what is normally done, if there's a more tax-efficient way to do that. Just looking for some ideas. Thank you. 
Thank you, Dominic. Uh, great question. So brother wants to keep the house. OG, what does he do? Yeah. Sorry about, uh, grandpa passing away. Mine, mine did, uh, a couple months ago too. So pretty, uh, pretty crappy deal. To answer your question, basically you guys just need to decide how you want to handle it. You know, right now, in theory, the house is titled in both of your names. It sounds like it's a normal residence and not like a vacation place or something like that. If it was a vacation place, you know, you could work out, you know, when do you visit, uh, pick weeks, who pays, you know, how do you, how do you do the bills and that sort of thing. It's a house that your brother wants to live in. What you guys need to do is just get a fair valuation on it and have him go get a mortgage at the bank for half of it, assuming that it didn't have a mortgage to begin with. And he's just going to cut you a check. And when you get your half of it, you'll, you know, remove yourself from the, uh, from the title of the house. That'll happen at that time. And, and, um, you'll have the cash and he'll have the house. And that's, that's how you do that. Pretty, pretty simple. The hard part is going to be <laughs> trying to figure out what the value of it is. So might get a realtor to come in and do an appraisal, independent realtor. And, um, and then, you know, and then you just go out and get a, get a mortgage for it. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen some people, and this may be overkill. It really depends on trust level that will even have three different valuations of the house taken. And then they take the middle one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of all depends on how you, I mean, shoot, if it's just a few bucks, maybe he just pays you the money, right? He doesn't have to get a mortgage. He just says, you know, I'll give you the money every month instead. You finance it. That's a little slipperier, of course, you know, because then you're at, if he misses a payment, then you're ticked off at your brother and it's, you know. I was going to say, it sounds like it's, it's more money than that though. Yeah. I would have him get the mortgage. And if he can't get the mortgage, then you're going to have to figure it out. You know, he's going to have to sell the place. Thanks for the question, Dominic. If you've got a question and would like us to throw out the Haven Lifeline to you, it's stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. And uh, we're going to send Dominic one of the cool Haven Life greatest money show on earth, Stacky Benjamins t-shirts, which is awesome. And you get if you call into the Haven Lifeline. If you want to look at our full range of swag, we got some sweet shirts, man. Stackybenjamins.com forward slash shirts. We also get letters down here in the basement, and we got one recently here from, here we go, Brandon. Brandon writes, my wife and I are 25 and 26 respectively and are done having kids already, so we are trying to figure out how to retire early around 45 to 55 once the kids are gone. From my understanding, if I retire at 55, I can withdraw from my 401k, but what does that require? Can I turn in my notice at 55, then start withdrawing from my 401k, then move on to work somewhere else part-time, or do I have to be done working completely? Let's answer that part. He's got a few questions here, OG, but let's start with that one. Hey, Brandon. So, uh, so yeah, firstly, what you're talking about here is the age 55 rule, which talks about uh, how to take money out of a 401k plan before the age 59 and a half year in which you can do it without a penalty. So you still have to pay taxes and that sort of thing. Basically, you have to retire, uh, leave your job. It's called separation from service. You have to leave your company at age 55 or later, and then you can take money from that 401k plan penalty free. If you choose to go back to work for a different place, that's fine, but you must be separated from service. And the important thing to note is your separation must be on your age 55, not when you start taking money out. So like if you retire at 53, this isn't an option for you. Awesome. He also writes, I also understand I can withdraw my contributions from a Roth IRA at any time. 
What happens if I roll a Roth 401k into a Roth IRA? How much of that's considered contributions that I could then withdraw early? The contributions the are con- considered the contributions. The contributions to the 401k. Mm-hmm. We had an investment advisor come to our workplace and he mentioned some rule about keeping a Roth IRA open for five years before you could use it. What exactly does the five-year waiting period give you and under what circumstances are you able to withdraw interest from the Roth IRA? Do the same rules apply for a non-Roth IRA except you pay taxes on the contribution you take out? You have to have the money in a Roth IRA for five years before you can take earnings from a Roth IRA. And you have to be over 59 and a half before you can take earnings out of a Roth IRA without a penalty or taxes. Or or you meet one of the exemptions, one one of the loopholes. Like yeah. the home purchase, education. First home purchase, which presumably is already done with. Right. So, yeah, assuming that you've got a Roth IRA open today, as long as the account is open for five years, you can take earnings out. But you can't take earnings out until you're 59 and a half without a penalty. His uh, next question, by the way, we should say we're not a tax advisor and uh, we're just having fun answering your questions, Brandon. So you want to check with your tax advisor before you uh, move on any anything we tell you here on the show. But do you have any objections to saving for kids' college in a Roth IRA, assuming 15% or more of our income is saved in a Roth 401k through work? Then whatever's not will be used to put toward retirement. Yes. Not my favorite. Not my favorite either. But you didn't ask to expand on it. Would you, would, would, should we expand on that or I, just have a I, yes I, or no answer? I thought, I thought you were about to. It's unnecessary, right? You commingle stuff and then you're, you're double counting money. This is my retirement account. This isn't my retirement account. I have a sneaky feeling that um, you're going to realize that saving for college and retirement and retiring early at the same time is a pretty tall order. So I would be knocking out all of the retirement savings that I can do now. Then if there's extra money and extra savings on top of it, then direct that to college and or tell the kids, good luck. <laughs> the yeah. world needs ditch diggers too. <laughs> I love love keeping my my meat and my potatoes separate. I don't like them touching yeah. on the plate. Don't don't touch yeah. them. It's, it's too I'm, slippery. I'm relatively familiar with rolling non Roth IRAs into Roth IRAs and paying taxes. Can you roll a Roth IRA into a non Roth and get a giant tax refund? No. no. <laughs> Say I paid taxes now while I'm not making much money, then rolled it to a non-Roth in my 50s when I'm at peak earning potential to get a large tax refund and maybe rolling it again. No. No, doesn't work that way. Obviously, most of these things I've asked are not recommended under most circumstances, but I just want to understand the rules so I can start planning for the future. With compound interest, we could easily be multimillionaires in 30 years, so withdrawing from retirement accounts early wouldn't make me worry about draining down the balance. You wouldn't tell someone starting over at 36 that they can't retire at 65 if they get their act together now, would you? Has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the the uh, 50-year retirement that you have to plan and the tripling of your retirement expenses twice over that 50-year retirement plan. The old inflation thing we talked about uh, recently. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not discouraging it. I don't think that it's a bad idea. I think that it will be a lot more difficult than you surmise. Good stuff. But start now and you got a good shot. Yeah, right. Good stuff, Brandon. Thanks for the question. If you've got a question, send those first to the Haven Lifeline, stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail, or write us a letter, joe at stackybenjamins.com, or 
I'll tell you what you can do. Just head to our website, Stacking Benjamins, and you'll see across the top, you'll see questions for the show. And uh, there it is. Write your letter there. Thanks also to everybody who's left us a review of this show so new listeners know what they're getting into. This one, five stars from Runnin' Bubba. This one's going on Mom's Fridge OG. Great range of content with unique delivery and solid information content. Basics of planning insights into the latest developments in the rapidly growing world of fintech, current news and events in the financial sector, and even a few surprises to satisfy your sweet tooth. See how easy that was? Going up on the fridge. Thanks, Run and Bubba, for the review. If you can leave us a review of the show, that would help new people find out exactly how the Stacking Benjamin show might be a little different than other podcasts that they listen to. Also, if you're somebody who doesn't just have a little question for the show, you know, if you've got a question for us or a question for OG, send those to the show, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail, or just write us a letter. But if you've got more than questions and you know that you need help in your corner, a good financial advisor, OG's taking clients. Here's how to get on his calendar to talk about that. Stackingbenjamins.com forward slash letter O letter G stackingbenjamins.com forward slash OG. And that will take you there. All right, Doug, time for me to rest these vocal cords. Take it away. Thanks, Joe. I'm going to let you and OG get back to making up your special protein shakes. But what should we have learned today? First, we learned that you can make money in the volatility market, but that's not exactly worth risking your shirt over. Second, we learned that change does start with you. Follow Courtney McDermott's advice and start with what you really want. Then organize your money plan behind those goals. But the real lesson, Waffle House is the place to go if you're looking to start eating more protein. It's also the place to go if it's 3 a.m. and you still feel like partying, which is pretty much me every night, baby. Double feature. Special thanks to Courtney McDermott, whose book, Change Starts Within You, is available on Amazon and everywhere, and I mean everywhere, and we've linked it in our show notes if you'd like to purchase through us and help the show. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I really thought doing these credits completely naked would have been a lot more fun than it actually was. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Special thanks also to OG who helped me discover the joy of a well-done steak at the Waffle House. Nothing says no regrets tomorrow morning like dinner at the Waffle House and shoe leather steak. See ya!
for those of you new to the show, we're recording ahead a little bit because today would be the day that I'm getting home from France. And so we're recording these before I go. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Which is why this is Carlos when, This is when it's the first time we're going to talk about. We got a lot of catch up to play. We've got the Friday game that you're going to help us with, but that's going to be next week, OG, because something very unexpected happened. We were in Anaheim. We meaning not you, but uh, the rest of the team, <laughs> Kathleen, Shannon, Richie, and I, and Anaheim. Very, very weird that I was uh, left home. At the, whatever, dude. I'm I'm tired of that game. You you had your shot. You could have gone. <laughs> You're so funny. You totally could have won. <clears throat> so we were there, and there was an award show. We were up for Best Business Podcast, which surprised the hell out of me because, A, we're not a business show generally, and, B, we're the show that says we're not going to teach you anything. And the other nominees were giants in this area. First of all, when it comes to business podcasters, we had nominations of Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income, Michael Selzner, Social Media Marketing World, huge, huge business shows. Ray Edwards, big show, been around forever. We also two NPR shows. Two NPR shows. How I built this, which frankly is is one that I absolutely love. Such a cool, yeah, fantastic cool. show. And of course, Planet Money. And we've had the Planet Money guys on the podcast before, but you know, we look up to them. They're a great show. Tim Ferriss, Jocko, these huge shows, these monster shows with tons and tons of downloads. And so we think it's pretty cool just that we got nominated. And so it's in this huge room. They had uh, a woman, I'm going to forget her name. She's a comedian. She was on Chelsea Lately when that was a show, a Chelsea Handler's show. She she took part in that. And uh, so she was the MC, great MC. They also were nominating people, or not nominating, they were inducting people into the Hall of Fame throughout the awards. We were just waiting around for Best Business Podcast. We literally sat in the back row, far right, like as far from the stage as you could get, because all we wanted to do was snap a picture and go drink, right? (laughs) The second that we saw, because they had these huge screens on both sides, and the second that it said Stacking Benjamins, just take a picture of us on the screen. So finally, the awards are running long, and it's about half an hour after our time, and it finally comes up. The guy comes out, and they start this reel, you know, and the nominees are, and then they stop, and then it goes to this, you know, announcer guy and this music, Planet Money, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, how I built this, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then finally, like the sixth one, Stacking Benjamins and our cover art with OG, you with your bag over your head, me, dorky grin on my face. I snap my picture, but it's so dark in the room and it's so bright up there that I look at my phone to see if I got it. And all I got was just white, right? I just got this... pissed off now. Yeah. So I turned to Kathleen and Shannon and I'm, and I said, did, did either of you get it? Because I, I didn't get it. And we have our heads down and I hear the guy saying something and, and he said, okay. And the winner is, uh, and our heads are all down. I hear stacking Benjamins. We beat planet money. We beat Tim Ferriss. Like, what, the, what the hell? So 
I'm in shock. There's no way. We had a 0%. The, the, the movie light is like going around going, who the hell is this guy? And when's he going to come walking down the aisle? And where is he coming from? Yeah, it took me all day. I was, I was that yeah, one. You when took it, a little uh, half jog halfway down. I saw the video that Steve Stewart put on Twitter. I was that one when it, when a documentarian wins and they're in the last row of the theater yeah. at the Oscars. It takes them all day because they're not, you know, it's not like Meryl Streep when she's sitting in the second row. Right. Uh, no, I was sitting way, way, way in the back. So I get a, I haven't prepared a speech because there's no way there, there is, I'm not going to beat how I built this. We're, there's no way that this little podcast is going to be Tim Ferriss or Pat Flynn. We're not going to do it. And so I get up there, I got nothing prepared. And, uh, Steve it told, came out pretty good. Steve told me, he said that, uh, I wasn't smiling, but it wasn't like I was frowning. It's like, I'm just in a daze. I was totally in a daze. I'm like, I can't believe I'm running up to the stage to accept this award. So uh, I get up there and all I could think of was just to tell people, I said, if you, something to the effect of, if you've never heard the Stacky Benjamin show, we're a podcast that our goal is to never teach you anything ever. And you just named us best business podcast. (laughs) Like there must be a huge mistake. There's got to be a huge mistake. And then I started thanking people. I told them the origins of your name and then thanked our team and thanked mom for letting us do it here. But the big people that need to be thanked, and I have the award, right? This thing's heavy as isn't it? People need to be thanked to these people right here because you guys, you men and women that listen to the show, you are clearly the reason why we won that award. So I wanted to say thanks, not to everybody because there's a lot of people listening to this that don't care about awards, don't whatever. But for the people that listen to the show over and over and know what this part of the show is all about, mm-hmm. the, these are the people, OG, we need to thank. It's super cool, dude. Very, very, very cool. In fact, I was trying to find a live tweet of it, a lot, like a live streaming tweet of it. And it was so late that I was like, uh, I'll go to bed. And then I got up in the morning and my wife's like, hey, you guys won uh, best podcast. And I went, shut up. She goes, no, here's the, here's a picture of it. I'm like, huh, huh, how about that? It's so weird. And our local paper, thanks to Carl Richter at our local paper. Uh, writer, I saw that on Facebook or Twitter also. Writer for the Texarkana Gazette. They did, he said he want, he put a, we were on the front page of the Texarkana Gazette. And then he's also going to do, he wants to do a bigger spread, OG, about us. He wants to do like a feature story about making the show. Uh, about That's how funny. Our, this little town has a podcast like ours. Uh, so very weird, very fun, but thank you. Surreal. Very surreal. Unbelievable. Yeah. I still can't believe it. Thank you. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. 
visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.